Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Super Thursday on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're at Pete Taylor Park. Where else would we be the day before the Super Regional? Michael Mergens is out here with me, our ace producer and uh, co-host uh, on the Eagle Hour. Michael, thanks for coming out. It's a celebrity edition here, Michael. It is. We can just get up and leave. I think so. Sitting here with me as our co-host for the next two hours, the legendary Hill Denson, Fred Cooley, a legendary member of Coach Denson's team, John Cox, the mayor of the roost. It's unbelievable. And more coming. And more coming. Brian Dozier on the show today. The throw it in the dirt guy is here today, believe that or not. Patrick McGee, Jason Muntz, all kinds of uh, people to bring you. I want to thank uh, the good folks at Polk Sausage. Uh, they're sponsoring our two-hour event out here today. Try Polk Sausage and Polk's Original Smoke. Polk's Cajun, Garlic, and Green Onion. And don't forget Polk's Ham Steaks, too. Coach, I bet you've had some of that, haven't you? Absolutely. Polk Sausage. Both are a great addition to any meal. Also want to thank the Carter Collective, Carter Jewelry and Pedal, the official jeweler of USM. Diamonds are just for baseball. They have engagement rings, sparkling upgrades, eternity bands, full stackable rings, and much, much more. And, Coach, you know, that could be something you could give your wife, maybe a new diamond ring. I've given Carter. her that before. Did she like it? Absolutely. <laughs> Fred Cooley is with us right now, and Coach told me the other night, that this man is the strongest hitter he ever saw in his baseball coaching great career. Tell us about this gentleman, Coach. Well, he was that, exactly. And he, he could hit a ball further than anybody I've ever seen. And uh, and I got a buddy that coached at Ohio State. that We used to play Ohio State uh, home and home some. And in fact, his son played for us. But uh, he still tells the story that Fred hit the longest home run he had ever seen. And, and I don't even remember that one. Uh, that isn't the one I remember. So, uh, you know, uh, we got one that was pretty long that we know about. So, <laughs> All right, Mr. Cooley, welcome. We're really happy to have you here. Uh, I co- never heard him call him, Mr. Cooley. Oh, okay, That's good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> coach, coach told me the other night you hit a ball over to the uh, cemetery in, in uh, 7th Street, so literally you hit it three blocks. <laughs> I don't know where it ended up. <laughs> I, I hit it and put my head down and run because my daddy would have beat my butt if I stood there and watched <laughs> Talk about playing for this man right here. Uh, it, was, it was a pleasure. I mean, he loyal to me because I told the story earlier. I lived, I signed with him in his first recruit, recruiting class in '84 in 1984, and uh, I ended up transferring back to Jones 
play from a football from a day at Sam Cooley at Jones. And, but he told me then, he said, their scholarship's going to be waiting on you when you get to it, Jones. And it was. And uh, are, are all the stories about Coach Denson true? Probably. <laughs> Yeah, if, it, if it's bad, I know, a lot of them, a lot of them exaggerations. <laughs> All I know is it didn't matter where we go. He's going to make ten trips to the back of the bus. Everybody back to Absolutely. The first few buddies didn't have one. We were in a band. Had to stop and take a Snickers break. <laughs> and we were going to stop. The way his team played, and he stopped on the way back, made him get out and run. Would that sound accurate to you? I, I wouldn't doubt it. I know Is that we, true, Coach? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We lost to Jackson State one night in the rain up at Smith Wills, and we went out there and ran. I don't know how many times. Sprints, we ended up running in the rain after the game. Did the same thing over at Livingston one night. We had a doubleheader over there, and uh, some of our guys decided they were going to have a party the night before because we wasn't going to get to play because of the rain chance. Well, it's flooding here. It ain't raining to drop in Livingston. So we go over there. And we lose the first and I think win the second, but after the game, the same thing. We're out there running. Because <laughs> he knew about that party. I didn't even go to the party. <laughs> we had to get in shape. But you had to run, too. I did, too. Yeah. Coach, talk, talk to us about what kind of ball player this man was. Well, the, I, 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 that's absolutely true what you said about the most power I've ever seen uh, myself uh, on the field, uh, and it's certainly ever coached that. And uh, he could hit it further than anybody I ever saw. And the good thing about him was he hit for an average, too, and everything. He hit. When he hit it right, it didn't go out. It hit the wall, and it would kind of might knock a hole in the wall if it wasn't real strong. But, uh, you know, but he get if he'd miss it just a little under it, and it would go further than anything I've ever seen. But he, he could do that. And I got a pretty good tale about him. He, that first year, Fred was, uh, are we too short for me? No, no, go ahead. Fred was a big guy. He's always been a big guy, and he was a little bit overweight when he got in here, and Corky Palmer was my assistant. This was the first year. In fact, that's where Corky and I met. He went with me to recruit Fred Cooley or to see him play when he was in high school. This is my first year coaching. And we drove up in Corky calling, and we got talking on the phone. He said, I'd like to ride up there where you see him. We were signing one of Corky's players. But Corky was going to be my assistant the next year when Fred came, and he was. He was our assistant, and he said, I said, uh, you know, we need to get a little of that weight off Fred. And he said, well, let me handle it. He said, I'll handle that. And we had the training room and all that. So he said he got it set up where Fred got a certain amount of food every day and all that. And, and uh, so Corky bragged about the whole semester that he was in charge of that and he'd run him hard and all that get a little extra weight off and uh when the when the uh the season was over the fall season was over we went back to the scales and all and fred had gained about 12 pounds and during that time that corky was had him on the diet and we found out that Corky would make him eat that food that at night and then he'd go back and order the giant pizza in his room and get the giant pizza every night and, it, and the players told me they would get their arm broke if they tried to get a piece of that pizza <laughs> but anyhow 
that was his corky story really more right. than the Fred story but uh, it, it was a good one and he he was a heck of a player i'm telling you now mr cooley you played professional baseball i did four years tell us about that uh signed with oakland after the 89 season here uh played three seasons with them and uh then i was drafted away by the minnesota twins what they call the rule five draft in december and i played uh one year with the twins organization and uh then i came back finished my degree and started teaching and coaching let me tell you another thing coach uh, told me about you the other night he said had you been drafted by the right team put in the right situation at the right ballpark you you would have been as prolific as get this babe ruth hitting baseballs i don't know about i'd that. say more prolific and i honestly feel that way because he was bigger and stronger than babe ruth but a, a, a ballpark like Wrigley Field, for instance, and at that time we had a scout from the Chicago Cubs that lived here in Hattiesburg, but they didn't draft him. Or, of course, they might might have been trying to draft him, didn't get him. I never did know. But uh, I was, uh, I always thought I wished he had gone there. What had happened when he went with the A's? They had a guy ahead of him in the chain named Mark McGuire playing first base. So, really didn't have much place to go there, and you know, they couldn't see the future and. And I, I had kind of forgotten that they trade you to the Twins, and, and I don't know. Yeah, and they had Kent Herbeck. Yeah, Herbeck was there on there. Now, so. our producer here, Michael Berger, is very familiar with Wrigley Field. He's yeah. a Chicago guy. Yeah, I can only imagine how good the Cubs would have been had that actually happened, but that was the, the tale of the Cubs for many decades, those oh, yeah. missed it, opportunities. There's no telling how many home runs he would hit yeah. in Wrigley Field. Of course, I'm a White Sox fan, so in a way I'm kind of glad, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Mr. Cooley, what are you doing now? Uh, I'm retired from uh, a teacher and a coach. Uh, I retired right as I got my 25 years in. I had to go home and take care of my wife full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I lost her in January of last year. And uh, But now I'm just – I get up in the mornings, three or four mornings a week. I go play around the golf and whatever you hit a I golf like ball there. like you did a baseball? Uh, it goes left and right. <laughs> it gets hit hard. I bet it goes a long way left and right. Yeah. You know, one of the remarkable things that I, I enjoy about sports is the relationship that develops between players and coaches, and it's really at every level, you know. I mean, I, I can see there's, after all this time, a real relationship between you two men. No doubt. I mean, he, he and Judy showed up at my wife's funeral. I was, I mean, I was surprised to see him, but then, you know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, Good people, you know, going to do good things. And that, it's the same way in reverse, isn't it, Coach? You, you still love this guy, no I question. can tell. No question. Because the first guy said when we talked the other night, well, we'll get one of your players on. He said Fred Cooley. That's when he told me you could have been the next Babe Ruth if someone had drafted you properly. Well, he probably had more funnies to tell about me than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a few. So before we let you go, as really a, a member of the team that I believe built the foundation, I believe Coach Denson built a foundation here. When you look out here at this gorgeous facility, second regional in a row, what, what, super regional, what do you think? It's, it's mind-blowing from what it is now, what it is I started with. When I got down here, my first year, chain-link fence and outfield with one batting cage right behind the center field fence with holes all in it. Which was yeah. my real first full right. year. I had gotten right. here in January and had a half year. All right, Fred Cooley here with us, Super Talk Eagle Hour broadcasting from Pete Taylor Park. Thank you, sir, very much. You're very welcome. When we come back, Brian Dozier and John Cox. My God, this is just like a Mm. celebrity show. Hang on. Mm. 
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the uh, Super Talk Eagle Hour two-hour edition. We're broadcasting from Pete Taylor Park. Special coverage of today's show sponsored by Polk Sausage Company and by Carter Jewelry and by Southern Bank Corps. And we appreciate uh, all that they do to make the show possible, as well as all of our other great sponsors. Okay, John Cox has joined us here on the set. Uh, Hill Denson, Michael Mergens, Bob Getty. Talked last night to maybe the most famous Golden Eagle baseball player of all time. We'll see what John says about that. Here's a conversation last night about Scott Berry and the Super Regional that we had with the great Brian Dozier. All right, everybody, welcome to the special two-hour edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, and we're really, really happy to have probably the most famous Golden Eagle of all time with us, former Major League All-Star, World Series champion Brian Dozier. And, Brian, a great pleasure to have you on our show, and we really appreciate your time, man. Absolutely, anytime. Glad to be here. All right, Brian, several things I'd like to ask you about. Uh, The first, of course, is the pending retirement of Scott Berry, and I know that – Scott was uh, the uh, associate head coach the year that you guys went to the World Series, and uh, we all love Scott Berry, and I know you're in that category. What, what's your thought about Scott stepping aside, Brian? Well, you say we all love Scott Berry. I don't know of one person that doesn't, and that, um, that just that, that's some to how he is as a man, um, as a good Christian man that's head of our organization, and he um, he's top notch. You know, him and I are very close, and like you said, he was assistant uh, my my uh, my four years there under Coach Palmer, and and we've gotten to know each other even more um, since graduating and stuff. And he's probably one of the best guys I've ever been around, to be honest with you. And he he's um, he's done so much for uh, for Southern Miss and uh, a deserving uh, retirement. Um, and I'm looking forward to after retirement, so me and him can hunt together a lot more. But <laughs> uh, but I'm excited that he gets to go out like this. And I know there's a little bit of more work to do, um, but uh, I know he's very concentrated on this weekend against Tennessee. Brian, uh, second consecutive year the Golden Eagles have made it to the Super Regional. Put in perspective for baseball fans that listen to the show just how difficult a task that really is. You know, you know, it is, and it's something to be said, back-to-back hosting Super Regionals. Uh, that goes a long way. It's very, very tough to do. Uh, but I know Coach Barry uh, very well, and a lot of, you know, Coach Oz and, and Creel, and I know they don't just, just want to get to a Super Regional. I know that. And uh, I know it's a huge thing, our third time ever in there. Uh, you know, only going to Omaha one time back in 2009, but I know they're not just satisfied by any means of, of getting to a Super Regional or, or to even go a little bit further, even just to get to Omaha, because guys are the winner. Uh, they have one, one goal in mind, and uh, that's to be uh, holding that trophy in, uh, in, uh, in Omaha when it's all said and done. And there's one more step to get there, and uh, I know they're pretty focused and ready and ready for the challenge. So. Brian, you've been there. What uh, what do you think's going on in the minds of these kids right now that are getting ready to play Saturday? Well, I, I tell people all the time that you know I hate I hate kind of saying like I hate the old cliche saying you know one game at a time and all that kind of stuff. I encourage people to dream about the Omaha experience and to dream about that, and then if you're disciplined enough to take your mind back 
<clears throat> just to get in locked in in the moment right then and there to get to that dream that you have of being in Omaha and winning a national championship. Uh, if you can do that, then uh, that's pretty special. But my biggest thing is there's a lot of things leading up to to what's going on this week, kind of behind the scenes, whether it be media stuff or uh, the fan base stuff. And then once you get there, it's all, uh, this, you know, this weekend it's going to be packed out to, uh, to the T. And uh, if you can just slow the game down and, 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 and really lock in and soak in every single moment, um, and just really slow everything down, then, uh, then I think they'll do great. Yeah, I know there's electricity all in the air. And uh, I know I know as, as the most famous Golden Eagle, you really got to be feeling pretty proud right now. I am. And, you know, there's, you know, looking back at this season, there's so many, you know, ups and downs throughout the course of a long season. You know, started out so well, then had a little hiccup throughout the middle of the year and then got on a run towards the end of the year. But honestly, Bob, I, I mean, none of that really means anything now. It's just us against Tennessee, and and you got to do all you can. Uh, one of the biggest things is being prepared for everything that's given you. And uh, when you got Coach Barry at the top of that, getting those guys prepared, whatever the case may be, because you don't want to have any kind of surprise, uh, you know, coming into the series. And uh, he's he's a very prepared guy, and I know he's got them right. So. Well, Brian, there's a there's a pretty good shortstop playing for the Golden Eagles right now, and I was talking to him after a game here recently, and I I brought your name up, and I said, you know, you know, Dustin, uh, you kind of remind a lot of people of Brian Dozier, and he quickly told me that that was not a comparison that he was comfortable with, and that he thought that was a big exaggeration. But uh, your thoughts about this kid? He is quite a shortstop, isn't he, Brian? Yeah, and it's been fun watching him in the past few years. Uh, I know his, uh, his dad, Bobby, very well. He was my infield coach when I was in San Diego. And uh, so, uh, you, know, you know, where he came from and all that kind of stuff. And it's a baseball mind. Bobby's very savvy. Dustin's very savvy when it comes to the game. Uh, and when you mix that in with some talent, he, I mean, I love watching him defensively more than anything. I know he handles the bat very well. He gets on base, and that's what I love about his offense. And I know he's heated up right now with some homers and driving the ball and all that kind of stuff. But you look at the way he gets on base, at, you know, over a 400 clip, it's, that's, uh, that's pretty good. And if you can do that at the top of the order, uh, it, makes, it, it makes for a good season and a good career. But I love – I think he's got – all the tools you could to go to the next level that you could have. Uh, but more importantly, I love him, you know, in the, on the defensive side of the ball and really just how his mind works uh, all around the game and where to, where to throw the ball, when to eat the ball, keeping double plays in order and all how he controls the infield and stuff. And uh, he's, a, he's a special talent, and uh, it's been fun watching. Well, Brian, you've been to the top of the baseball mountain. What what would be the advice that you would give to the Southern Miss baseball team if you could talk to them before the game Saturday? Yeah, I think in these in these high pressure situations, it's it's good to soak everything in. Um, you know, when you when, when you get older and stuff, you don't really remember the championships and stuff, and you, you do to a certain degree. But you you remember stuff that happens, uh, you know, leading up to it in certain situations throughout the game and, and the whole process, so to speak. And, um, you, you know, one of the biggest things is you, the winning team is going to be the one that fails the least, right, that doesn't make as many mistakes. And because they're both talented teams, they're super talented. 
but the, the ones that don't give up the mini walks or don't make uh, the errors uh, that gets guys over and gets guys in for third base less than two outs, the, those, those are the teams that's going to win. But also on the flip side of that, which is probably even bigger, is you can't be scared to fail. You can't be scared to make the mistakes because as soon as you start uh, stepping into these high-pressure situations and high-pressured games, and you try to go in defensive mode and trying not, not to, you know, not to fail kind of thing, and make sure and you know be kind of timid with everything. That's when those things start coming out. So uh, I say, uh, put the pedal to the metal, uh, be aggressive in everything you do, and uh, not even think about failure, and just think about succeeding. And uh, and hopefully at the end of this, we can be uh, on our way to Omaha. Well, Brian, this is a special weekend. It's special anytime we have you on the Eagle Hour. And uh, I still haven't forgotten the night you hit that home run in the All-Star game. I remember that like that was yesterday. I waited all night to see you come to the plate. And, by God, you hit the home run when you came up. It's a, a magical moment. Man, we really appreciate you coming on our show a lot. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best, Brian. All right. Thanks, Bob. Thank you for having me. All right. Brian Dozier, everybody, former Major League All-Star, World Series champion, and uh, a great Golden Eagle. Our thanks very much to Brian Dozier. All right, uh, John Cox has joined us here on the set uh, outside of Pete Taylor Park. Uh, the most famous Golden Eagle. I mean, is that a, is that a fair assessment? Uh, you know, you might make a case for Ray Guy in there. Ray was a great pitcher. No, I mean baseball. Oh, player. baseball. Well, Ray was a great baseball player too. But yeah, I guess probably all around from the era, from the era where you. Uh, you know, kind of specialize and play one sport, uh, probably so. He, he certainly had a great career here. You know, it's unfortunate the way his career basically ended at Southern Miss. You know, when he got hurt about the middle of April, that uh, his last year, the Eagles were about a 500 ball club. All of a sudden, they caught fire. They were as hot as anybody down the stretch, made it to the World Series, and uh, he got to make one pinch-hitting at bat there in the in final the game Series, yeah. uh, the Eagles played in that World Series. But uh, I'll tell you one thing. He's, he he loves him some Scott Berry, and uh, he, he'll tell you, you know, Scott Berry is certainly a big part of his life. And uh, so no great question. career, no question about it at Southern Miss. Coach, are there similarities between the way Dozier played shortstop and Dustin Dickerson? Yeah, I think so. Uh, of course, I was coaching back then and didn't get to see Dozier play that many times. So, uh, but – what I did do know about him, yes, is very similar. And, and Dustin is something. He's a great player. All right, the Great Hill Denson co-hosting this two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour with us. Special coverage sponsored by Polk's Meat, Carter Jewelry. We'll be right back. Hang on. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
All right, welcome back to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. I want to thank all of our sponsors uh, that bring us uh, on the air each and every day, and also want to thank Polk Meat Company and Carter Jewelry for special sponsorship of this two-hour broadcast here at Pete Taylor Park. We'll be hearing from uh, both of those fine businesses a little later in the show. I've got Hill Denson with me, of course. John Cox is on the set. Michael Mergens is producing here. Jody Lott, the mayor of the Roost. It's a celebrity show, and uh, we've got another celebrity about to join us. Before we do, you had a quick Hill Denson story, John Cox. Well, my favorite one has really nothing to do with baseball. His, I think his senior year, he was student teaching up at Laurel, maybe, Laurel High School. Laurel High School, yeah. And so the first day of baseball season, he left school early to come down here. Well, the principal found out and said, Mr. Denson, said you will stay till all the other teachers leave. Which was 30 minutes after Man. all the students left. So the, the one day he came out, apparently they'd been on the umpires all day long. So Hill got into the dugout, sat down, got ready to put his cleats on, sit in the bench, and the umpire, they must have been on him all day long, the umpire came up, pointed at Hill and said, you, you're out of the game. He threw him out of the game. He hadn't even got his cleats tied up that day. That absolutely happened. (laughs) Steve Campbell was a a basketball player that was a pitcher on the team. He was sitting behind him. He was the one, and he hollered at at Mr. Chatham, which he called Pork Chop. (laughs) He hollered, Pork Chop. And when he did, I was tying my shoes, and I looked looked up at the umpire, and he thought I said it. <laughs> he threw you out. It threw me out. Yeah, it was the only time you were ever thrown out in your career. Is that correct? As yeah, as okay. a player. Okay. Who was never thrown out as a coach? Was he? More times than we could mention. <laughs> my favorite with him, him and Ron Polk, and we'd ever play. We'd play Ron. If Hill got thrown out first, Ron would get thrown out right after that, or the other way around. They'd go down the left field line and eat barbecue and uh, smoke cigars and uh, yeah, watch the ball game. Uh, we've got uh, every now and then we like to bring what I call super fans on the show, and I think we have one here today. Absolutely. Brad Baggett is a uh, very successful businessman here in Hattiesburg. Owns Brad Baggett Homes, some other business. You build beautiful houses, by the way. Brad. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and Brad is, uh, you know, Brad's a, a, a sweet holder. But before we reveal really who Brad is, uh, tell us about your love for baseball here at Southern Miss, Brad. Well, I'm going to correct you real quick. I'm not actually the sweet holder. The people at Magnolia State Bank are good to me, and they let me come up. And, and uh, so, yeah, i I, I got to give due where, where it's sure. due, of course. Of course. Um, so what was the question again? <laughs> uh, your love for Southern Miss baseball. Tell us how it started, and uh, we know you're a huge fan. Well, I went to Southern here. I've always been a Southern fan. Um, you know, Coach Barry, Coach Oz, I mean, they're all really good buddies of mine. We deer hunt together. Uh, just love the game of baseball. I'm, I'm starting to fall in love with Will Hall. I think he's the right man for the job. Right. Got Jay Ladner. Y'all saw what he did last year. I, I think we're – I see Southern Miss athletics really coming up, and uh, I'm super proud to be part of it be here and be a fan for your sure. Your thoughts about the Golden Eagles hosting their second consecutive Super Regional? Well, I was here last year, year and it didn't quite turn out like we, we had hoped for, but it, you saw what happened. Ole Miss went on to win, so we just ran into a bus all there. This year, I think it's the perfect, you know, it, it's laid out perfect. I mean, we've got Coach Barry retiring. I know he would be mad that I said that because he's so humble. Right. Uh, you know, you got Mississippi State that, that won the year before last, Ole Miss this year. It's only fitting for Southern Miss to come along, come along this year and complete the dynasty. And uh, I, I just feel like the cards are laid out. Uh, John, uh, as the guy that calls all the games, you know atmosphere is big important. Coach Denson here could tell us how atmosphere boosts the team and, and gets the team really, really excited. 
Is there something unique about the atmosphere here, maybe on occasion, that rings a bell with you? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, you're right above me. So, I I, I mean, I have to turn that crowd mic down just a, just a little bit. I, no, I just think that the, the, the people make it unique. And, uh, you know, there's so many little things. that you know, the, the, I think people are jealous when they see the right field roost. I have guys tell me all the time, man, I wish we could do something like that at our place and all the, the different things, whether it's, you know, uh, what Brad does and, and some of the things like that. So I think it's just the uniqueness of uh, Southern Miss, maybe the location, being here on campus. You know, someplace the, the ballpark is out from campus and here, you know, students can walk across the street and they're at the ballpark. Plus the history. You know, we've only had the four head coaches since uh, Coach Taylor took over after World War II from uh, Reed Green, and, uh, you know, they all connected. So I just think all that makes the atmosphere. Uh, I, I'll guarantee you, Tennessee fans, as much as they want their team to, to win this weekend, they'll show up and say, man, this is a great place to play baseball. I think it's one of the best mm-hmm. in the country. Well, Brad, their pitchers are going to be in for a little bit of a surprise if things get tight. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, uh, it, it's definitely. We kind of have some rules up there in the suite. It's all about timing. Uh, you know, we have to have a runner on base. Uh, you can't start. It, you, it's like anything. You can't water it down. So if you start too early, or or, or if you try and it's not effective, you got to take a break for a minute. It, timing is everything. But but I would say, to to kind of hit on your question, you just ask him. Teamwork makes the dream work, and it's not just. The players on the field, it's not just the coaches, but it's all of us out in the atmosphere. We're all a team together, and we're all pushing to get that W. I'm going to ask you to verify or clarify a rumor. I heard a rumor that you you start your famous uh, cheer when you get a signal from Scott Berry. <laughs> well, well, that's true. Uh, when I guess we... <laughs> I, I, at time is, is I, I guess I don't really know when this started. I, I think seven or eight years ago, maybe I could be off on that. But when it first started, you know, it, we noticed it was effective, and then and what we noticed is is that some batters, it, it kind of affected them negatively. So so what Coach and I kind of did, you know, it, it was a joke, but it actually was kind of real. Is you know he would just give me a little butt swipe if uh, you know if he if he wanted me to hold off and don't do it you know wow. and then he would just kind of look up and give me a wink if he wanted me to fire off so um, you know and and kind of a, a funny story uh, when we were down I don't know if you guys remember the CUSA tournament when we were down on the coast uh, and that was the one that we won and and the last pitch was a pass ball we were all yelling throwing in the dirt the night before Oz and and Barry we all went to dinner together and they were picking with me they said. What color uniforms do you want? Do you want to come work the team out tomorrow? And mm-hmm. so we just had a blast with it, man. I just, I just, I'm so fortunate to be a part of it, and, and I've, I've had so much fun with it. All right, for the people that are listening to the show around the state that may not know exactly what we're talking about, because you, you know, you're not really known as Brad Baggett. You're known as the throw it in the dirt guy. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, I got to warn you now. We're going to do this over the air. Yeah, yeah. You may, may want to take your headphones. So uh, you've been warned. But Here we go, ladies we go. and gentlemen. Have you, have you heard that before, Coach Simpson? I have heard it. Before. He can't hear anything now. <laughs> I can't hear. 
Well, I can't hear anything normally, but I really can't hear it now. I can hear it in the roofs down there. Well, well, so you've right. been with me up there, Hill. Yeah, oh, yeah, I have. I got to tell you, I, I, I sit right pretty close below you, and uh, – I've noticed at times when you get ramped up really good, I've noticed pitchers kind of glancing up to say, where in the hell is that coming from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if y'all hear that game that my throat totally cracked and the whole crowd stood up and laughed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. There's another one that you do, though, when you just kind of go, dirt. Yeah. Can yep. we hear that? Dirt. <laughs> and then we go, thank you, when it's in the dirt. <laughs> we have to tell him, that was in the dirt. Uh, you know, it's, it's part of Southern Miss baseball, and comments, I think, is what makes it such a wonderful thing. Is It's, it's kind of like a family, isn't it, Brad? It is. It is. It's a baseball family. What do you think is going to happen this weekend? Well, I hope we get the W. I hope we play two games and we head to Omaha. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the fence whether I try to book or not because I don't want to jinx myself, but I feel like if – if I do it by the time we win, it's too late. So I'm, but I'm holding off. I'm not making that mistake. I made that mistake last year. I'm not going to. I'm it with you, kind. I don't. I don't know how to pull the trigger exactly. Just wait. Know? Don't talk about it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then it kind of just adds to the misery and the anxiety, doesn't it? It does. It does. Coach, did you have fans like this when you were here? We had several little odd things. Uh, Brad Martin was a big show when we were here in in the outfield. A uh, seventh inning stretch, I believe, was be when he would. They would play the Jed Clampett song, and Brad would bounce out of the truck and start doing the Jed Clampett dance, and it became a thing that all the teams knew, and they'd all turn and watch him dance, the other teams, the visiting teams. Right, right. All right, are we going to hear it this weekend? Absolutely. Uh, you, do you have to prepare yourself for this, Brad? Is there a preparation process? No, maybe a beer or so, but, but oh, uh, no. you know, just just one, nothing overboard. Coach, do they drink beer here at Pete's? I didn't know they did. <laughs> no, I'd never heard of anything like that. No. Jody out in the roost, have you ever seen anybody drinking a beer? Never. Well, these guys, it's N.A., but it's yeah. still beer. These guys will lie, won't they? Have they you, will. Have you they noticed will. that? They're kind of like fishermen. You can't believe anything that's coming out of their mouths. Stuff like that. Hey, it's a great pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you for having me. Great pleasure to meet you, and thank you for yes, all, sir. man, that you do for Southern Miss Baseball. Yes, sir. Thank you're you very a big much. Part, thank you, Brad. You're a big part yep. of our atmosphere, you, and uh, I hope that I hear you a lot. Thank Saturday you. and Sunday. I hope Monday. I'm not needed. You, you're here with me, and you'll be doing the same thing. We'll be booking those flights and That's hotels right. and That's Omaha. Right. All right, everybody. Brad Baggett on a two-hour edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour special coverage, sponsored by Polk's Meat Carter Jewelry, Warren and Warren Asphalt, of course, and Southern Bank Corps. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Pete Taylor Park, special two-hour edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour here on the eve of the Super Regional Showdown between the Golden Eagles and the Tennessee Volunteers. I want to thank Fred Cooley, former baseball great, Brian Dozier. Everybody knows Brian Dozier, a Major League All-Star and former Golden Eagle. And Brad Baggett for joining us here in the first hour of our two-hour broadcast. Sponsored uh, by Polk's Meat Company, and we are very, very happy to have uh, Julie Brazil, who is the CEO of Polk's Meat, on the Super Talk Eagle Hour hotline. And uh, Miss Brazil, thank you very much for taking some time to talk to us today. Yeah, thank you all for having me. I was um, excited to be asked to be on. Well, I know that uh, well, well, Polk's Meat and Polk Sausage needs no introduction. Uh, Coach Denson, how many Polk Sausages do you figure in your lifetime? You I made? couldn't count that. Uh, it would be a lot, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, I love it. It would be a lot. Just and, today alone. I love just, John Polk. Just He's today just alone. Today <laughs> apprentice guy. He's an apprentice guy, and I lived in Bassville. We used to meet at the swimming pool there and apprentice and go swimming. <laughs> well, as you, as you as you heard that, Miss Brazil, there's a contact here between your dad and uh, and uh, Coach Denson that's here with Look, I know that... Um, I, I know you have your headquarters in, in the McGee area. Many times I've seen a Golden Eagle flag flying in the front of your business. Uh, Polk's Meat Company has uh, always and remains a big supporter and a booster of Southern Miss. Do you not? Yes, and in fact, we have renewed our sponsorship with um, Southern Miss Athletics this year. And so um, everybody should be able to enjoy a Polk Polk's dog at the games this weekend. Right, you have a great logo that comes up here when they bring in new pitcher, pitchers. I'm not right about this, John. Con- Fresh meat, sponsored by Polk's <laughs> Meat Company. Yes, Fresh Meat Pitching uh, Chains. That's it. That's exactly. Well, tell us the history of of this great Mississippi company, uh, Miss Brazil. Yeah. So the the short of it is, it started with my granddad um, in the late '60s. He was a barber and retired, and decided he had a little too much time on his hands with my grandmother so on the family farm he started making um hams and then that turned into sausage and my dad was in radio tv film he always says he has a face for radio so um he decided that uh my granddad had a little something going so he came back to the family farm and started um kind of figuring out some recipes and they were making maybe five hams a week and a couple hundred pounds of sausage and then I guess in the early 70s, my dad took the um, business over from him and then um, grew up from there on the, across the street from, the, from the, where he grew up, and we were there until 2000. And so in 2000, we came to McGee, Mississippi, where we have our um, facility that everybody sees when they're going to and from the beach and Jackson working. And uh, we um, have grown that those five hams to, I mean, multiple times over, and we are have recently, um, in the past um, probably four weeks, expanded our distribution within Walmart, and we are all the way to California, Detroit, Las Vegas, Oklahoma, um, with a couple wow. of um, products, and then our two flagship, um, Cajun and Original, and then we do a partnership with Kingsford, the barbecue company, the charcoal company. And so we have, um, now we can say we're nationwide, which um, was always a dream of my dad's, I know, and so... When uh, my husband and I purchased the business from um, he and my uh, mom and brother last year, um, we kind of we kind of got on the stick and made it happen. Well, that's a, it's a remarkable success story. Can you reveal how many pounds of sausage a month do you think you produce now? Oh gosh, we're probably a little shy of a million total of everything we make. We you know we do 
ham sausage. Some people don't even know we do bologna and salami and servalite and south hoghead hoghead cheese is a lot we like to call it. So, um, yeah, it's probably just five million. Pounds, you've gone from five <laughs> pounds to a million. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty good <much>. growth. <laughs> in, in just over 50 years. That's <laughs> Yeah, it was an overnight success, as a friend of mine says. It only took me 50 years to build a business. Uh, and that's right. a, a good friend of mine who has an asphalt company. Uh, it's a remarkable story. How many how many people do you employ now? We are just um, just under 100. So do we, all, we do all that on one shift with just uh, under 100 people. Is that right? That is really remarkable. What is it about Southern Miss uh, that your company loves? Because, again, I know you've always been a big supporter. I know you value, you, you see the value of this university, I'm sure. Yeah, so um, I think when I was a senior in high school, my dad was actually the alumni president. Um, and so I got real involved um, going to a bunch of the games that I normally wouldn't have gone to. Both my parents, they met at Southern Miss. So they were Southern Miss grads. And then... Um, I attempted to go to college somewhere else, but of course, um, as luck would have it, I ended back up in Hattiesburg, and I was excited that I did because I actually ended up um, meeting my husband. He was not at Southern Miss, but was in Hattiesburg, so that's how we um, ended up on that road. And uh, we've just all I've just been black and gold my whole life, so it's just um, exciting that we are able to um, get back in this partnership with them. So we can say that Southern Miss is responsible for your marriage. <laughs> yes, yes, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great Mississippi company. You know, it's a great story, and uh, it just says a lot about this country. So I'm going to ask you something real quick as we run into the break, and tell me if this is correct. There are no buts about it. Picky people pick polks. You got it. That is true, tried and true. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Brazil, thank you very, very much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank good you, time, good talking to y'all. See y'all this weekend. Yeah, I will. See y'all this right. weekend. Thank you. Julie Polk Brazil, CEO of Polk Meat Company. We got another hour, Coach. You with me? I'm with you. We'll be right back. Good. Hour. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back, everybody. Second hour of the Super Talk Eagle Hour from Pete Taylor Park on the eve of the Super Regional with Southern Miss, Tennessee. I want to thank Julie Polk Brazil from Polk Beat Company. They're one of our remote sponsors today. Still to come, Shay Carter from Carter Jewelry. And Carter Jewelry has pitched in today to make this day possible. They are the official jewelry store of southern miss baseball they have got all kinds of stuff and when shay gets on the air coach Jensen may have a question or two about you know something romantic you could buy miss judy the carter uh, yeah yeah I'm, I'm, would I'm you be up buying or something romantic uh, he's a romantic guy isn't he john hill and romance are about as compatible as uh <laughs> oil and water <laughs> Patrick McGee knows both of these uh, fine gentlemen that are on the show with me and Michael this afternoon. He's, of course, a writer for NOLA.com. And, uh, Patrick, uh, I'm going to throw a curveball here at you, no pun intended, but can you can you update us on any super regional score, maybe? Well, no, I haven't. I, you put, I've been producing videos all day for NOLA.com, so I'm kind of okay. out of the loop. 
uh, well, the last I saw, could, Duke five four final. What's that? Duke five four final over Virginia. All right, Patrick. Duke has beaten Virginia five to four to kick off oh. the super regional coverage. Wow. Patrick, do you know if uh, really kind of a sideball question here, but uh, I, w- I would assume since Southern Miss plays tomorrow, the winner, whoever wins this tournament between Tennessee and Southern Miss, would play the first World Series game on Saturday. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't know ex- exactly what the date would be, but it, the way the bracket sets up, they would uh, the winner of the uh, uh, super the super regional in Hattiesburg would play the re- uh, the winner of the LSU Kentucky super regional. So yeah. Yeah, I mean that could mm-hmm. that can make for a, a nice little game one. Uh, if if well, Southern Miss does a bit, yeah. Go ahead, coach. Oh uh, yeah, the guys, the the people that are playing in the Saturday, Sunday, Monday regionals will play the second day. That's us. Saturday. The Sunday. guys that are playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday will be the first day. There you go. Okay, Patrick, uh, right here on the verge of this thing kicking off. Two years in a row, the Golden Eagles are now two games out from playing in the College World Series. And I know that everybody, well, I don't even want to think about negative, but I, but I know everybody would be really disappointed if they don't win these two. But, you know, really, e- either way, what what a remarkable run this has been this year for Southern Miss, considering everything that was lost last year to the draft and transfers, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, the pitching staff really, really got hit by the draft. And, I mean, I... I I can't remember off the top, but what was it, five guys, something like that? Um, for them to have to replace that and then they lose one of their weakened guys transfer to Florida, Hurston, Waldrop. So there was a, you have Tanner Hall to build around, but you really had to kind of piece it all back together. And then, you know, you had Justin Stormy kind of build around the bullpen. Uh, but the way they were able to get the staff together and some young guys step up, uh, transfers contributing, Oldham uh, really kind of stepped into what Riggins was doing a year ago. So... Uh, overall, you know, Ostrander, Barry, they did a great job of, of getting this thing back on track. They knew they'd have an experienced lineup, but that, that pitching staff really had to come together right, and they've done a good job with that. Coach, we're going to talk a little more about pitching later in the show when we get the uh, interview from Coach Oz, but nobody knows more about baseball than you. How difficult is it to rebuild a staff like that? Almost impossible. Uh, and, and I think it was a total of eight pitchers that we lost. Uh, Patrick, uh, credit, one had surgery too, so we lost with yeah. Tommy John surgery. And it, you know, I, I looked at that schedule when it came out, and I, I'm thinking, "Ooh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen with a new staff coming in." So, mm-hmm. and it was the toughest schedule I've seen. And it ended up there were some teams on there that should have been higher RPIs than they were. This, you know, for instance, South Alabama. Normally, there's a real high RPI and you play in them, and, and then they didn't have a good year. But, you know, that happens. You can't tell what that was happening. Back in my day, you didn't have, didn't know what they are. We had, knew we had an RPI, but they wouldn't tell you how it worked, so we didn't know what you had to do to, to uh, make it better. And it turns out that now your RPI, the harder your schedule, the better it is on you for your RPI if you win games. Right, win games. Right. All right, Patrick, I'm going to put you on the spot, and then I'm going to go to my two buddies here, John and, and Coach. Second year making a Super Regional, 45 wins, John, that right, 45 wins? Is this the best Southern Miss team we've seen, or where would this team compare uh, in regard to the best Southern Miss baseball teams we've seen? Patrick? I, I think it, it's up there. It's way up there, but in terms of overall talent, I think they've had more talented teams. 
but the way this lineup has come together so well uh, through that regional, it just all makes sense all of a sudden. I mean, your nine-hole hitter is hitting 400. <laughs> so, you know, this is a really good team. They don't have the pitching depth pitching depth they had a year ago the lineup isn't quite as powerful as a couple of teams they've had in recent years but i mean hey that 2009 team wasn't one of the most talented teams they've had so it's a matter of it all coming together and it really does feel like the lineup has come together for southern men so they're going to be up there among the best coach denson where does this team stack up you know, Bob, I can't answer that, tell you the truth. There's so many, so many great teams that we've had over the years and playing at different times of, of my career and seeing it and all that. We had some mighty good teams back then and every year, but it, it's all different in this, what's happened in the growth of it. And, uh, they just, they, they're a great ball club, no question about it. And I don't think, I don't think as talented as we were last year. To Is that right? Be real. Last year's team was really built to go on and, possibly win a world series and uh that but but that never has anything to do with it normally mm-hmm. yeah we you know it, it depends on a lot of luck in the thing when you get the teams get hot you and when you get hot you got to have luck to go with the hot to walk through the world series if you get there so right. and uh you know Ole miss was a prime example last year they just didn't have a very good ball club and and, and when 2009 corky had, had given up on we weren't going to even going to a regional. He went ahead and announced his retirement. And uh, I was here at that time. I was coaching at Bellhaven. We were here on the field batting, batting practice uh, for a game over at Weave Carey. And uh, he called me up to the office and told me he was going to announce it in about 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, he said, we're not going to make a regional or anything. And said, I want to. <laughs> want to go ahead and go announce it and i'm gonna do it in 45 minutes and so I, of course i was over here practicing couldn't be be at the announcement and uh but uh you know that it just doesn't you, things got to go right for you and baseball is just you know you can hit a ball hard all day long hit better than you've ever hit in your life be hitting 400 and then if you're hitting 400, that means six times out of ten you're not getting on. You know, if they happen at the right time or if they find a, a hole in the infield or just bounce through or nub over the second baseman, and you may be hitting bullets all day and the other team hitting nubbers and they and they end up winning the ball game. Right. So that right. is the game. If you could figure it out, I, which I never could, and I, I don't know any coach that says they've got it figured out, but uh, – you know, you just can't figure the game out, but that's mm-hmm. the way it is. It has got to have a lot of luck and be hot. Yeah, Patrick, uh, Coach Denson figured out a few games, didn't he? He uh, he won three hundred yeah. plus. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. He's he's <laughs> the guy that's really the father of Southern Miss baseball. That's that's who I would really kind of consider the guy. John. Uh, you want to take a stab at that? Where does this team stack up? Well, I think it's hard to say. You know, I mean, the game has changed so much. You know, you had when when Hill was there, uh, they weren't all totally scholarshiped. I mean, there were a lot of guys that were, you know, walk-ons or just had books or something like that. And, you know, the high school programs have got better. The junior college programs have gotten better. So I, I don't know that, you know, in Major League Baseball, you might be able to compare the 85 Dodgers with the uh, 2020 Dodgers, but I'm not sure you can do that in college baseball because uh, a lot of guys were multiple sport athletes back in the, you know in the 70s and 80s. Uh, but but I do know that what Hill Denson started 
at Southern Miss when he took over Coach uh, Taylor. They were about 1983 oh, or so, 84. 84. You know, January that, of 84. Yeah, yeah. I remember sitting in the Coliseum over there doing an interview with him, and Hill Denson said, I'll tell you one thing. He said, we're going to start to sell this place out. We're going to go to the regionals. We're going to compete for the national championship. And I finished the interview, and I remember walking out of the Coliseum and saying, this guy's crazy. What's he, what's he, what's he talking about? But. But it wasn't long before he started to get some of those guys, a lot of junior college yeah. guys, and a, a, kind of drew that circle around Hattiesburg and got a local, a lot of local guys that had played at North Forest and Hattiesburg and Oak Grove that were really good players that wanted to stay close to home. And so uh, I, I give Hill credit for that. You know, when, when I, I guarantee you, nobody, maybe Hill, me, I'm gonna think even Judy thought he could turn it around like he did at Southern Miss, his wife. But he had a plan. He stuck to it. He got two really good assists and uh, Charlie Gray and Doug Lambeth that really went out Absolutely. and went out on the road and recruited some really good players, JUCO and high school guys. And so it, I think it's hard to really hard to kind of compare the uh, you know the the eras of college baseball. But yeah. this one is certainly I think the most complete team we've had in a long, long time. Can you believe he said you were crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone ever said that about he you said before? that before? But yeah. I, he's so he says such hurtful things. <laughs> That's right. Patrick, uh, we appreciate you as always. Keep an eye on that LSU series down there at NOLA.com. Tell them we're looking forward to seeing them in a week in Omaha. All right, we'll do, guys. See y'all. All right, Patrick McGee, everybody. NOLA.com. This two-hour edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour from Pete Taylor Park. John, you stick around a little while? Yeah. Coach is with us for a while. We got the mayor of the roost, Michael Mergens. What a show. We'll be right back. to the Eagle Hour. All right, our thanks to Patrick McGee from NOLA.com for joining us during this two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour, sponsored by Southern Bank Corps, also by Polk Sausage, and by Carter's Jewelry. Speaking of uh, Carter's Jewelry, they can custom design a piece of jewelry that you're dreaming of. They can make your existing jewelry something new. And don't forget their in-house service department with four jewelers on site. You can go to Carter's. They're in pedal. It's Carter's Collective in pedal. Your one-stop shop for any and all things fine jewelry and the official jewelry store of the Golden Eagles. Also want to thank Polk Sausage Company, the official sausage dog of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Try Polk Sausage and Polk's Original Smoke, Cajun, Garlic, and Green Onion. But don't forget Polk's Ham Steaks, too. Both are great additions uh, to any meal. Uh, Coach, what would you what would you take here? Would you take the smoked Cajun, garlic, and green onion? What would be your choice? That one, all of them. <laughs> yeah, but that no, well, that garlic and green onion. You like that? Oh yeah, no. it is. They don't produce gizzards. It's the best made. They don't produce gizzards, Coach. Yeah, Michael, you know that Coach said he was bringing us some gizzards down here. Did he? Hey, he yeah, ate I them on the way. March. He I ate st- them on the way. Well, I, they got to smelling so good. I just was going to eat one. I ended up eating the whole sack. Boy, can't, just eat one. Can't, can't just it's eat one. It's a good one. thing, too. I, I had planned to eat with Scott in there, and he didn't even have any food when I got there. So. <laughs> no, but let me tell you what I witnessed with my own eyes. 
Coach Barry had one big cookie laying on his desk. Coach Denson comes in, picks the cookie up. I won't say what he called you, but you told him you can call me Mr. Blank Blank yeah. as, you, as you ate his cookie. Yeah. It was pretty good, too, but I was real hungry. I needed something to go with my gizzard. <laughs> Michael Burgess, as the guy that moved, how long ago did you move here? Uh, 17 years ago now. Okay. What do you, what do you think when you see this? love affair between baseball and this community here it's unprecedented of course when it comes to to college because where i come from it's professional and that's the same thing with football and the understanding and the passion for football in illinois they don't quite understand they're into it you have your fan base that's not near as passionate as here but seeing this program grow over the last 17 years from coach palmer to today this is just i'm so glad i've gotten to experience it but you can't explain it to anybody you really unless you've been here and experienced it. I think that's let me, right. Let me say this. I, I, I can't tell you how many players from other teams I've run into over the years running these tournaments and that sort of thing. And I, I can't tell you how many people have walked up to me and say the favorite place to play on the road is Southern Miss, the atmosphere and all. Now, they say I'm not necessarily all positive, but <laughs> their favorite place is to play. They feel like it's a, it's an atmosphere uh, like a Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. And I think we are the Wrigley Field of, of college baseball. Well, in the last few years, the country is slowly starting to notice, but I do – I have – a lot of family in Minnesota, and when Brian Dozer went to play for the, the Twins, trying to explain to people that he played at Southern Miss and all, they still had no clue that, that connection, but trying to show them, hey, look mm-hmm. at what we're doing down here. And the fact that they can have any attitude they want towards Mississippi in the South, the majority of the athletic players that they root for every week, whether it's football, baseball, basketball. Or from the South. Exactly. John Cox, you go all over the country. I, I'm sure you hear the same thing. The atmosphere at the Pete's special, isn't it? Yeah, I do, but I was sitting there thinking, you know, when Hill got here, of course, I was traveling with baseball and had done it before he ever got here, but, you know, we used to go places. What amazes me is how college baseball has exploded. We used to go places around the old Metro Conference where, I mean, Louisville played at a field that had been there since 1927. You know, I mean, it was it was terrible, and you know, other places were lucky to have a couple of sets of bleachers and things like that. But you know, Southern Miss was kind of in the forefront of kind of doing that. I mean, and I give Hill credit for that. Hill had a plan, and he had a plan not only for the team, but how what he wanted to do to our facility here, and and the basic you know framework of that facility is what we have here now at Pete Taylor Park. And so we were kind of right at the beginning of that, doing things, and people would come in here, and I know the coaches and even the ads and the players would go back and tell their folks, hey, Southern Miss has got it figured out. They're starting to do the right thing. They're starting to take it serious. And then I think the, the, the monetary part of it, too, as soon as uh, ADs and presidents figured out you could make money with college baseball, all of a sudden it became pretty important. And uh, mm-hmm. you saw people really start to put some dollars into college baseball and facilities and things like that. So, again, I, I, I give Hill a hard time all the time. But, you know, Hill was one of the the guys at the front of that push to make college baseball yeah, important yeah. all over the country. Yeah, you know, Jeremy, orange is an ugly color, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Coach, how hard a sell was that for you to go to the athletic director here and, and tell him what your vision was? Well, <laughs> Roland Dale. Roland Dale. Thought he was crazy. Yeah, he did. He told me one time, he said, Hill, I thought I hired a good old boy from Bay Springs. <laughs> 
I hired a con man. <laughs> he said, get out of my But office. a good one. <laughs> yeah. But he, but oh, uh, you know, I, I think the whole key, the whole time, the big jump was building the stadium, being able to build yeah. the stadium and the way we built the stadium. And our assistant, Doug Lambeth, was, was a marketing kind of guy that knew how to do it. And he developed a plan as to how to do it and showed it to Coach Back. And he allowed us to do that. And uh, once the stadium was built with our people buying seats or buying into the program, they became fans. Now, Coach Mack was a big Eagle Club person only. And he thought it might take away, and Ben Willoughby did a great job of talking to him about maybe not, and then he found out later on it actually got us people involved in the Eagle Club more mm-hmm. and more people involved in the school. And so, you know, that building that stadium with the people's name on the seat that they bought, and we paid cash for our stadium, by the way. We paid cash. That way, that's the way we could do it only. <laughs> we coached back. But Bob Hill, Hill went out there and sold the program around the state of Mississippi, around Hattiesburg, and got people involved that were never involved in any other sport at Southern Miss. When we used to play the old Metro Conference, we'd play a day-night doubleheader, play the day game here, go to Hattiesburg High, and play down at Greater Hattiesburg Park. But uh, Hill was relentless now. He was relentless. You know, if somebody said no the first time, he'd go back a second time or a third time. And pretty much uh, then people started to they started to have some success and, you know, got to the NCAA tournament there in 90 and 91 right in there. And people sort of started to jump on board. So it was, uh, it was kind of a neat time to be around yeah. the program back then. I'll say this. I won't ask the guests to say that. But that loud music you hear in the background, that's the losing team coming into the uh, <laughs> we hope place yeah. to warm we up. Hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Coach, what what Southern Miss got to do here in the next two days to make these dreams come true? Well, that's real simple. we got to win. <laughs> oh, that's an easy one to answer. Twice, right? Uh, Twice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we're, I'm telling you, this is a 50-50 chance winning a ball game. And we, we're both similar ball clubs in that we got good ball clubs. And, of course, everybody in the Super Regionals are good ball clubs. And so... You know, it's just you just got to go out there and play your game, and hopefully the fans help pull us through and make things happen a little bit. And uh, it, it's a little easier when you're at home. There's no question right. about it. But right. it can be done on the road too. So right. Right. it's a 50-50 chance of the both teams are just one is as good as the other. Is what I'm saying. I know you've been the director of a lot of regional tournaments in the years. So years don't ask yeah. you this question because weather could be an issue tomorrow. Who will make the call if, if game times have to be changed around the weather? Is that a is that an ESPN NCAA decision at well, this level? Well, the, the two reps that are here, I've worked with both on the road, and uh, Bob Jones and Rob, Bob Homoka are both guys that are have been doing it a long time. And what what we do is, is of course, we. We're out here running around while the teams are playing the game and talking with the weather people and all that. We'll have people here from the university that are in charge of uh, lightning striking and all that, and, and they have all that kind of stuff on data for us. And that's much better now than it was early on. And uh, we'll we'll be knowing that it's going to be here in 30 minutes or whatever. So we try to – the big thing that, that hurts a team so bad is starting and stopping. 
and you lose a pitcher if they've thrown an inning or two. And, and you don't want to do that. Enough. That's the reason. Nowadays, you can start a game. I mean, you don't have to start it. You can look at that weather and know at in, 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 in 5 o'clock today instead of 2 o'clock, we're going to have a wonder we can play and let the fans know. The fans can find out. So it doesn't. It's easy to change. But it's also time. why, if you've got artificial surface, you got a lot better oh, chance well, to host one. Don't after you? the rain, it's no question. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly feel like that ought to be a requirement for for all. Comp- I mean, regional tournaments, they ought to be on artificial surface because it's so hard on us as a, as tournament directors to to sit there and play up to 2 o'clock in the morning and so forth for a game because it takes an hour after or an hour and a half to get a field back ready after pulling the target. Well, good example. I don't know if it was the weather. Remember the first time we played in that Austin Regional, we played Long Beach State that first night. That game didn't get over to about 2.30 or 3 right. in the morning. We had, then we had to turn around and play the early. We lost in extra innings, had to turn around and play the early game the next day on about three hours sleep. Plus they kept, kept Todd Nace and two or three guys on. Uh, For drug testing drug and stuff. Testing. Yeah. They got in at 6 in the morning. Yeah. So. yeah. so, Coach, what do you do if you – if you're going to enter a tournament game, the weather's real sketchy. Do you hold your stud out? I mean, do, do you take a chance on, say, pitching your number one guy, knowing that it may get interrupted, or would that have any bearing? You think on? It'll probably have some bearing on who who pitches the game tomorrow. Uh, probably, probably. Uh, what's happening with the weather, and, and you know they're looking at it now. What's supposed to happen at what time, and so forth. All right, Super Talk Eagle Hour from Pete Taylor Park. We'll be back right after this. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back. The fun continues here at Pete Taylor Park. There's a big, ugly orange bus sitting in the parking lot. I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea what that's about. Daniel Stewart from uh, Southern Bancorp joins us, and Daniel comes with us whenever we're on the road. There are studio sponsors, so we're in the portable Southern Bancorp studio. Today. Portable studio. All right, before <laughs> we get started, I did want to relay a conversation that just took place here. Okay. We have some Mobay beignets here. Yum. And good stuff. I asked Coach Denson, I had forgotten about it. I asked Coach Denson if he would like one, and John Cox says, That's like asking my dog if he wants a piece of steak. <laughs> but the answer is yes. But then the, I ate one of them. He didn't. So, uh, he, he wanted to know if they had gizzard, uh, gizzard beignets. <laughs> Would you would you try a gizzard beignet if we could? Absolutely, of course he would. Yeah. <laughs> hey, th- this guy be good to add to the menu. This guy, when we'd be on the road back in the day on that bus, the first thing he'd plan was not where we were going, where we were going to stop, and when we were going to stop. That was number one on the itinerary, wasn't it? Snickers not? break. <laughs> that Snickers break, we called him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, before we bring Daniel on, he's a former pitcher here for the Golden Eagles. We've got the great Hill Denson coach. Uh, Another great coach of this organization I talked to right after the championship game uh, in uh, Auburn uh, Monday afternoon, and that's another than Christian Ostrander. And here's what Coach O said uh, right after the game. 
Coach Osmond, we look. I look back on the first of the year, and I asked you this question earlier this week. But the way this pitching staff jailed, and the way these kids held up under this pressure of being in a loser's bracket, that describe how proud of these kids you are. Oh man, I mean, this is this is outstanding. I'm so happy for for each and every one of these players and these pitchers. They've uh, they've competed their tails off. I mean, you know, you saw it in the conference tournament. You saw it here, and uh, you know, I think we just turned the turned the uh, the, the corner, uh, you know, a while back, and. And these guys really settled in and started believing and buying into the, the mentality part, and uh, and I think it's shown. So, you know, they're they're challenging the hitters, they're going after them, they're competing, and that's all you can ask for. I don't want to leave anybody out. Obviously, Justin Storm was a big story last night. I thought Will Armistead pitched really well in this tournament. Oh man, you look at that. I think he's thrown what five, six innings uh, out of the pen. Uh, you know, finish a game against Auburn, I believe, and then you know two and two thirds with five strikeouts here today. And you know, I mean, in, in a ball game coming in inheriting runners, and he gets two strikeouts and um, finished the game, man. It was an outstanding job. He has grown so much, um, you know, and I think, you know, the physical is getting better because his mental part has is, is grown so much, and I, I couldn't be more proud of him. You really couldn't have done a better job with the staff. We heard the guys on ESPN last night talking about everybody you lost and how remarkable it was, how good you were this year. Well, you know, I were th- just thankful, man. You had a bunch of kids that have worked hard and stayed the course and, uh, you know, didn't let some frustrations early in the year get them down and just kept growing. And, you know, and that's what you want. I mean, baseball's a long season, man. It's June 5th. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So there's going to be bumps in the road, and you just got to learn and grow from them. And I think we've done that. You're the best, Coach Oliver. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right, Daniel Stewart joins us uh, again from Southern Bank Corps, John Cox, and uh, Coach Denson here. I'm going to start with you, Daniel. Uh, Coach said earlier that really what Oz did was almost impossible to, to build a staff the way that he did. I think you and I talked about this we earlier did. in the year. We were concerned about how many people were, but look where we are. Well, you know, I remember the question that we had was who was going to step up? Who were going to be those guys that you didn't expect to really – you know, be in those positions to win or lose a ball game. And I think uh, Will Armistead's been one of those guys. I think Justin Storm's definitely been one of those guys. So you kind of look back where the season started and say, hey, who is it going to be? Well, now we now we know who those guys are. Somebody's got to step up, don't they, Coach? That's the yep. term. Oh, yeah. And, and you know it's going to happen. And even those young guys, uh, you know, the freshmen that we have come in, and you know it's going to be kind of rough there at the beginning. You feel like it will be. Sometimes it's not. But uh, those guys, look at it now. They're not freshmen. They've, they've been through 56 ball games right. now, or what, 60 ball games, whatever it is now. And so, you know, they're not freshmen anymore, and they have grown up. And you, you've seen it happen during the season. And Oz is such a wizard. He's a wizard of Oz. Right, <laughs> right. At uh, building that and doing that with those guys, he's so patient with them, and they know what they're doing. And, and uh Keller Bradford with him, and, and, and got they're helping him work at, at building those pitchers, and, and so they just—I uh, I can't say enough about how good a job they've done. Would you have taken Coach Oz on your staff? Oh yeah, 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 I have, absolutely. <laughs> I might even take Scott. I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to think about it hard. Uh-huh. But, uh, uh, were you surprised he turned down the beignet, John? Before you answer that, well, question? yeah. Anytime he turns a piece of food of some kind down, I'm surprised when Hill does that. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I, I'm gonna kind of say, what, but on what Hill talked about, I think Oz showed 
how good he was because no quick decisions. He knew he had some talented guys, just wasn't sure where they needed to go in that piece of the puzzle. And so rather than, you know, get excited early on and get anxious early on, those those 21 or so games we played early in the year at home, he took that opportunity to see who could do what and when they could do it and how they could do it and what situation they thrived in. And during the course of that first third of the season, was able then to kind of make a plan for the conference season and the end of the season. I think that's where we're seeing the dividends now. He's and got by the, the way, he lost two pieces. That's of right. The puzzle. That's right. He lost two pieces of the puzzle, and that that uh, our kid uh, from what is it, up there in Jack Florida. Right. Right. Uh, what's in that map? Middleton. Middleton. Yeah, Middleton. I drew a blank there. But Middleton, we lost. Middleton broke his foot. We don't even know how. Yeah. He ran yeah. running out there and broke his foot. Mm. So I just and, think and it's. And we lost Armistice. Um, uh, Chandler Best. Chandler. Our, I'm surgery. talking about, yeah, well, I'm talking about our second baseman. Oh, yeah. We yeah. lost him, and he was going to be a big Monastere. part of the Monastere was going to be a big yeah. part of the thing, and you got got him inserted in there. Couldn't get him out. He's he's turned the season around for us mm-hmm. offensively and on the field, and so he but they can't get him in the game because he can't get yep. Slade out, take him out. So, and I, just, so I just think, you know, Hill, didn't, Hill, or Hill, Hill, Hill was not a pitching coach, but Scott Berry was at one time in his mm-hmm. career, and Scott knows how to handle those, and he had enough confidence in Oz to hand that off to Oz, and Oz just, know, again, knows how to move those chess pieces around the board, and uh, I, think, I think people are seeing now, you know, some of those decisions he made early were for the long run and the best interest in the program than just an immediate type of thing. Yeah, Daniel, yeah, you, you pitched it at this level. How big a jump is that from high school to junior college here? Uh, it is a big jump. I mean, I had two years of junior college at Meridian with Coach Barry, so, um, you know, but even there is really good competition. So you grow up really, really quick. Like Coach Denson said, you know, these guys are not really freshmen anymore. they got a lot of games under their belt. So it doesn't take very long to get acclimated and, you know, get used to the level of competition here. And Scott Berry is so good, I think. You know, he, he – he talked about the ultimate team guy. He doesn't care who gets the credit for it. You've seen him since for a long time. And, yeah. you know, and, and he's smart enough to say, okay, Oz, you're in charge of those pitchers now. That's I'll right. give you some input if you want me to, but that's your bunch. You take care of them. And Travis Krill, you take care of those guys. And so that's why Scott Berry was so good. I mean, it wasn't all about ever about Scott Berry. Always about the team, and that's why they've always been successful back in the Meridian days and at yep. Southern Miss. Daniel, I see all over town gold. I say you got a Southern Vancouver has a black and gold Absolutely. shirt. What does this mean to the business community? Well, I saw something on uh, maybe LinkedIn or something. It was our, you know, um, what's what's the Chamber of Commerce, the um, ADP. Yeah. Um, their their executive director said he could hear the tax rolls just spinning <laughs> right now. Um, but you know. Just look at what's going on in Twitter. Uh, There's all the social media, the back and forth between us and the Tennessee fans. It just creates this exciting environment to play baseball in. And, you know, I'm here right now looking at the field. Tennessee's out there. Saw our guys just a second ago. It's going to be a really exciting I'm weekend I'm going to be careful about what I say about the social media exchanges, <laughs> but, boy, I'm not somebody, putting anything somebody out there. <laughs> needs to be humbled a little bit, don't they? Maybe a little bit, I think so. But, yeah. you know, it, it adds to some of the, the excitement, some of the drama around it. And, uh, you know, some people really feed on that. I just kind of enjoy looking at it, uh, getting my kicks. But Coach, when you, were, when you were running the program, was there any game that was bigger than the other? Or did you do what Coach Barry's? I've heard him say a million times, you play against the game of baseball. Yeah. 
And and I can't tell you how many times I've said that to a team. You know, we're playing against, not against whoever. We're not playing against them. We're playing against the game of baseball. And, and you know, you got to whip the game. And, it, yeah. and you do that by not making mistakes. And the fewer mistakes, is, and that's the way it works. Now, how comfortable are you going to be next year when Coach Oz takes over eating his food like I saw you eating Scott's food earlier today? Uh, yeah, I probably might eat his cookies. It's not, going to, it's not going to bother you a bit, is no, it? No, no. That's kind no. of a tradition. Hill's going to eat anybody's food now. Back in those days when we'd be on those buses, you know, if he didn't like what uh, they dropped in his fa- in his plate, no, they just, he'd go to somebody else two rows back and eat their food. So that's another Golden Eagle tradition. What are you thinking, Coach? Here we are, day before the uh, Super Regional. What's the, what's on your mind? Well, I, I just hope we play well and things go our way. Is what I hope, and uh, you know that, that can happen. And, and it, it, but it can happen with Tennessee too. So I, yeah. I think we got two evenly matched ball clubs that can play, and, and that's pretty much true in every regional throughout the country. Sure, Daniel. Real quick, your thought. Well, you know, Coach Barry always said. Never too high, never too low, and it's really easy, I think, to get really high in a situation like this, and you know maybe let that get to you. But if things don't go your way early, you know, you can say, "Man, this is over. We, we're here. We can't waste this opportunity." You can't let that get to it either. You've got to, like I said earlier, you got to play the game, do what we do best, and just hope that everything kind of falls in our favor. Always appreciate you in Southern Bank Court. Sure, thank you. All right, we'll be back. Shea Carter is going to join us to wrap up this special. Super edition of the Eagle Hour next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back. Let's get right to it. Last segment of this two-hour edition, and it has been sponsored uh, by Carter's Jewelry, Carter's Collective over in Petalette. And we have we have the young woman who owns that, and I'm just going to tell both of you guys, I'm sitting here with Scott. I'm not with Scott Berry. I'm sitting here with Hill Denson and John Cox. Not better looking than Scott. Well, who we're about to talk to is a lot better looking than both of you guys. We're weirdly kind of dressing oh, up well, the thank broadcast you. here at the moment. <laughs> Shay Carter owns Carter's Collective. And, Shay, thank you, first of all, for being on the show. And tell everybody about Carter's and, and your close ties with Southern Miss. Well, thank you for having me. But we've done a lot of different promotions with Southern Miss. I'm a graduate from USM in marketing. And almost everybody at the store is as well. So, uh, it runs deep. Shay, how long did you go to Southern Miss? <laughs> so I went for like you were, you nine like years Bob, were you? <laughs> to get nine my four-year degree. Thank you very much. I was working at the store, so it took me a little bit longer. But uh-huh. technically, I went to Southern right, for nine right. years. <laughs> did, did partying have anything to do with that extended <laughs> tenure? Mm-hmm. It slowed down the first two or three years, but the rest was from working while getting my degree. <laughs> now, you're the official jewelry store of Southern Miss Baseball. Yes, we just announced that at the beginning of baseball season. So, um, diamonds aren't just in baseball. 
Well, and you're not just a supporter of Southern Miss baseball. Your store supports all the Southern Miss athletics, and I do want to point that out. And uh, we're really happy yeah, to absolutely. have you part of this. Now, Shay, Shay, I want you to do something. This is real important. Coach has been married how long, Coach? 54. He's been married 54 years, and John Cox told me other, just a few minutes ago he's a very romantic man. Is that right, John? One of the most I've, I've ever seen. He, he's like the Robert Redford of baseball. There we go. So, Shay, knowing that, Give us, give Coach some advice on something he could do for Judy that would just make her weekend. Huh. Well, I think, you know, as I suggested early, earlier, maybe something with, like, 54 diamonds on it. But if he doesn't think that's uh, a great a minute, idea. Shay, we, we, we might all lower that number a little bit <laughs> in the ring. We, well, we don't I mean, have to have it's that many 54 years. There. I didn't come up with that number. You did. Well, we could divide but. it by six or something. <laughs> I think Say if you got her something like a locket and you put a picture of the two of you in there, she would love that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, How yeah. about that, John? At like Pete that. Taylor Park. What would and you could engrave the back with something really sweet. What should he say on the engraving, Shay? I was about to ask you that. I would say thank you so much for putting up with me the last 54 years. Here's to 54 more. That would be, that would, that. That's a damn good answer, yeah. don't you it think? It really is. <laughs> <laughs> That would be good. Can you arrange that for him, Shay? You could custom make Absolutely. him something, could you not? I'm sitting on go. Well, do we have anything with just one little diamond in it? <laughs> I think a locket with a picture of you and engraved on the back with a few diamonds is a picture of you on that baseball field. Diamonds are forever. Oh, did you hear oh, that, yes. Shay? The diamonds. There we go. On the baseball field. Or maybe diamond. not oh, yeah. just diamonds, Shay. they're forever. Yeah, Shay, could you make him a baseball diamond of diamonds on a locket? Wait a minute, that's I nine. could. You talk about nine, <laughs> po- nine positions. He's worried about that now, Shay. It's nine diamonds. That's got him a little shaken up. How about let's just do first base? <laughs> Judy's going to be waiting at the door when you come home, wanting to know where it is. Uh, Shay, Shay we appreciate you putting you up with the foolishness there. <laughs> Thank you, Shay. All right, Shay, tell us, tell people how to find your uh, wonderful store, and uh, you know, we really again want to thank you for being with us today and uh, putting up with us. But the, how, how do you find Carter Jewelry, Shay? So Carter's Collective Fine Jewelry is off of Evelyn Gandy and Petal. We're right beside Magnolia State Bank, and we just expanded and added a big diamond suite. So it's worth coming to shop. And thank you all for having me. A complete suite, Coach Hill, of diamonds. I love it. Can I bring him on over there right after the show, Shay? Would you be willing to show him around? I would love to. What do you think, Coach? You got your credit oh, yeah. card? He bring him in. You, you got, got your the card money, with you? You got money, too. He would be a great representative of your store. Yeah. Maybe. Probably do some commercials and stuff, Hill. Yeah. Maybe get paid for being on. <laughs> the Eagle yeah. Hour, right? Yeah, Eagle Hour. We can work something hey, out Shay, for you're... sure. Thank you, Shay. <laughs> You're always fun, Shay, and we appreciate you coming on our show this afternoon. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Southern Miss to the top. There we go. Shay Carter at the Carter's Collective, Coach. What do you think? It's good. I like it's it. good. All right, we've got just I don't know how long. How long we got left, uh, Mr. Producer, back in the studio, Will? All right, real quick. Let's hear it, John. Your thoughts about the weekend. I, I won't predict a winner, but I think Eagles are going to play really, really good, and uh, Tennessee will have to play better if they're going to beat the Eagles. The Eagles are going to be at the top of their game, though. 
Coach? That's a good way to say it. I agree with John all the way. Can I tell you how much I appreciate you spending two hours with me? You sure can. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, and John? You ought to spend eight hours on a bus with him. That would change your mind. We play bingo. <laughs> That's right. John, thank you as Thanks, well. Thanks, Bob. John's helped me out all week. I'm grateful for that. All right, that wraps it up from here. I want to thank Polk Sausage. I want to thank Carter Jewelry. Will back at the studio, Michael. Special thanks to you, Kurt. My buddy, Coach Hildes. Enjoyed it. Until next time, everybody. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.